everybody, this is Dan Walker. Welcome to another edition of U.S. Law Radio. Well, if you've gone shopping in California anytime since 1979, there's a good chance that you've been asked for money or a signature in front of a grocery store or at a shopping center. Chances are also high that you may have been asked by someone who wouldn't take no for an answer. Most retailers and shopping centers think there's nothing they can do about this chronic problem because local police do not arrest trespassers. John Dahlberg, a partner at the law firm Dillingham Murphy in San Francisco, joins us now to talk about this problem that many retailers face and some possible solutions that you may not have heard about. John, welcome into U.S. Law Radio. Thank you very much. Well, here's the big question, John. What can shopping centers and retailers in California do about trespassers who solicit money and signatures from visitors and customers? California law strongly supports the right of the shopping center and of the retailer to control the privately owned walkways and parking lots directly in front of the retail store. Contrary to common understanding, even a lot of lawyers don't know this. So as a result, almost everyone who habitually solicits petition signatures and donations actually knows this law very well, and they do everything they can to run away from it. The first practical and legal requirement that the retailer or the shopping center needs to do is simply to tell these people to scram in no uncertain terms, with no uncertainty in the tone of voice, tell them to go and document it. That way they become civil trespassers if they stay. Store managers and property managers need to speak to trespassers unequivocally for an additional reason. A lot of these folks have a criminal background. A lot of them have dealt with the police on the street in a different context. And they will construe anything less than firmness of voice and purpose as permission to stick around for a while. So sometimes it's hard for our clients to get out of their customer service voice and speak to them that way. But that's the first step, and if you follow it, half the time they will leave. Now, is there federal law surrounding this issue? You know, a lot of these folks will say, I have a First Amendment right to be here, and they don't. The law has been very clear since the 1970s that there is no federal or federal constitutional right to go to a shopping center or to stand in front of a store to engage in what we call expressive activity subject to one possible exception for labor-related activities, which are beyond the scope of our discussion today. What specifically does California law provide regarding this issue? Everyone who deals with privately owned but public access property in California knows about the famous, or I call it the infamous, Pruneyard decision. That word is very well known among property managers and retailers. In Pruneyard, A badly divided California Supreme Court in 1979 decided that there was a limited right of expressive activity under the state constitution at a large regional mall, which covered 21 acres with 5,000-plus parking spaces. This center, aptly enough called the Pruneyard Center near San Jose, offered amenities that drew the general public to congregate and socialize. And that term general public is important in the cases General public means that folks just come to the shopping center to hang out, not necessarily to buy. Where you find the average grocery store or large drug store, folks park their car, they go to the store, they do their shopping, they go home. There's no place to hang out, socialize, or congregate. That's important in differentiating which centers are covered by the so-called right of Pruneyard and which are not. Even Pruneyard, though, is qualified in two important respects. First, 
those wishing to engage in expressive activity must comply with the landlord's reasonable regulations of the space. Second, the decision only protects people who engage in expressive activity and who are orderly. Keyword, orderly. A lot of the folks we deal with are disorderly. They can be threatening, violent, intoxicated, aggressive. Sometimes they fight with each other. Those kinds of complaints go to the top of any client's list, and we don't have any difficulty showing that they are not sheltered by the Pruneyard decision. Now, when it gets to the point where you call 911, what role do the police play? Well, the police will respond to any emergency. So if you really do have people fighting, the police will come and quell the disturbance. But in the average call, we simply have folks in front of a store who are standing near the doors, being noncompliant, pestering customers. A lot of them particularly focus on elderly, disabled, females, females with children. And so the police typically do nothing about that. And there's a reason. In California, peace officers do not arrest for trespass, even if it is committed in their presence, with the exception of trespass, which tends to intimidate customers. And that usually means blocking the doors or blocking the customer so they can't get around the solicitor. The police don't take action. And unfortunately, a lot of retailers and shopping centers come to the conclusion that if the police won't handle it as a criminal matter, they have no remedy to deal with the problem. That's false. This problem is dealt with every day in the courts of California as a civil trespass, and courts are not bashful about giving us orders to prohibit individuals or groups from appearing in front of stores or at centers. What happens when we end up in court? Is there a procedure or process to get relief from a civil court? You bet. We've done it dozens of times. The first step is simply to file a complaint. The next is to get on the court's temporary restraining order calendar for an ex parte appearance as quickly as possible. And one of the ways we show these people that we mean business is when we say we're going to sue you if you don't leave, we mean it. And so we'll file a complaint the same day and we'll get on the TRO calendar as quickly as possible. In California, that typically means that you have to give them notice by 10 a.m. the court day before the hearing. But if there's an emergency situation or the threat of violence, which sometimes occurs, we'll get into court that afternoon. We'll bang down the doors of any receptive judge to get heard and get a temporary restraining order or a workplace violence order signed now. And let me say a word about that. The TRO procedure takes a little bit of time. It takes a day or two. But if there's any credible threat of violence that a solicitor has made against a store employee or center security guard or anybody like that, we can go to court immediately with a workplace violence petition to get relief without any waiting period, without any complaint, no muss, no fuss. If the plaintiff landowner or retailer decides to file a lawsuit and seeks that immediate injunctive relief, the application needs to be supported by a detailed declaration by a witness as to what the solicitors have been doing. To get emergency relief outside the workplace violence scenario, you have to have detailed observations by that person who's given you the declaration, and it should be of outrageous conduct by the trespassers, assuming that that has occurred. One of the things to look for with regard to both types of trespassers the money solicitors and the signature solicitors is, and I mentioned it before, but it's important, I want to mention it again, the deliberate and persistent oppression of customers and visitors who are elderly, female, 
females with children and disabled. I can't tell you how many times I've heard exasperated client personnel saying, these folks wait at the exit of the store, they hold big four-foot by three-foot signs in front of old ladies, and they basically confuse and harass these people, our valued customers, into signing or giving money, at which point, of course, the sign comes down, the solicitor steps back, and they've accomplished their goal. Well, our goal is to get them off the property because that's outrageous. Can you cite a recent example of this type of activity, John? One of my clients operates a store in the Bay Area of California, and there was a local petition drive for a measure to go on the ballot. So uh, they were paying folks a lot of money per signature, and we had folks showing up in front of our store in groups of three and four and five at, at an entrance. And these individuals are not specifically assigned to go to any particular store, but the companies which pay them tell them to go to grocery stores. These folks, being kind of borderline individuals, get into a fist fight in front of the store. And they're doing this in broad daylight while, you know, there are customers who want to go in and out of the store safely. You can imagine the effect that has on people. In another instance, an off-duty police officer was harassed by one of these folks for his signature. He politely but firmly said no with that special police officer demeanor. And the person broke off contact because he was a large, able-bodied, fit individual who projected his authority and confidence. So he gets into his truck, and he sees the same knucklehead approach an old lady, and he won't let her by. He puts his hands on her shopping cart to slow her down, and then he puts a clipboard in front of her face to confuse her. At this point, the officer who is off-duty commands him to leave the woman alone. Well, we were fortunate enough to learn about this and have this off-duty officer take action, but the longer you let these people on your property, the more brazen and aggressive they become. Let me give you something else to think about. All of these folks know each other. And so if a solicitor of funds or signatures figures out that he or she can do what they do unmolested at a particular center or at a particular store, they tell their friends. They trade the information. And while you may not have the same individual in front of that store the next day, his friends will show up at that store the next day. And that's why when we get injunctive relief, we get it against them for broad geographical areas because, as the old football coach said, they're agile, mobile, and hostile when we try to control them. Now, has violence ever broken out with those cute little Girl Scouts selling cookies in front of a place of business? The Girl Scouts, of course, always conduct themselves politely. They always seek permission from centers and stores to be present. There are always groups of Girl Scouts and the adults who supervise them. I have had cases where solicitors show up near them and try to scare customers away from them to get the money into their pockets. And that's another instance where we got relief from a court to assist our store to control the property where the customers come and go. Well, I know there's a lot more to talk about regarding this subject than we have time for here. So where can people who are interested go to find out more? Well, they can visit our firm website. We are Dillingham Murphy in San Francisco. My name is John Dahlberg. Dillingham Murphy is a U.S. law firm, and anyone interested can call me anytime to strategize or discuss issues or problems. John Dahlberg, we certainly appreciate your keeping an eye on this situation, and we look forward to chatting with you again soon here on U.S. Law Radio. Thank you very much. That's it, folks. We're out of time. 
U.S. Law Radio is produced by Alex Diaz. Send your comments and show ideas Alex's way. He loves to hear from you. This edition of U.S. Law Radio has been brought to you by SEA Limited, forensic engineering and origin cause experts, working nationwide since 1970. And by Ringler Associates. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided injured parties and their attorneys with the finest structured settlement services. This is Dan Walker. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time for another fresh edition of U.S. Law Radio.